Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Uh, as I've said before, one of the ten nicest people on the face of the earth, and we get a chance to talk to him. That's Charles Davis, CBS, NFL. Uh, first of all, our good mutual friends, Tom and Julie McGrath, want me to say hi to you as always. Uh, Steve, good to hear your voice. Please give Tom and Julie my absolute best. They are two of the jewels of this world. They absolutely are well put, my friend. Thank you for saying that. Uh, so this is an interesting time in the NFL. You've got movement. Uh, you know, we know how the NFL has operated for years. Are even someone such as yourself kind of taken aback a little bit by the extent of the movement we're seeing in the NFL right now? I am. I absolutely am, Steve, because we're not just seeing bodies move. We're seeing difference makers move. And sometimes it's hard to get my head wrapped around the idea that a difference maker is allowed to go. I mean, I understand bringing in your hall, right? Hey, we're going to get draft picks. We're going to get cap relief. We're going to get this. But difference makers are what allow you to win the Super Bowl. You know, that's what allows you to compete for the Super Bowl. And when you let a difference maker walk and you don't see someone right there that you say, okay, that's the move. Marvin Harrison retired from from the Indianapolis Colts, but Reggie Wayne was right there to plug that gap. That's one thing. Okay, Devontae Adams leaves the Green Bay Packers. Who plugs the gap? Kansas City Tyreek Hill leaves. Who plugs the gap? If you're going to tell me McCole Hardman, that's a hard sell. <laughs> if you're going to tell me that you're signing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I went and looked just because I thought, you know, I better know this. If I'm not mistaken, Steve, he caught 26 balls last year. Exactly. I know he averaged 20 yards a, ca- uh, a catch, but he caught 26 balls. Devontae Adams catches 26 balls before he falls out of bed in the morning. So that's where I get a little confused. I get it, but at the same time, I want to see how you're replacing if indeed you're trying to make sure you're trying to win Super Bowls. He caught 26 balls at 20 yards a catch because he had Devontae Adams on the other side, all right, that allowed him to get 20 yards a catch. It doesn't hurt. It gives you an opportunity. You better maximize your catches, and, and you should have better opportunities. I agree with you totally. Now, I know that Brian Gutekunst is a GM for Green Bay. Brent Beach is a GM for Kansas City. If I sat with them right now, by the time I walked out of that conversation, I would be probably sold on their plan because these guys are very good at what they do. I realize Brian Gutekunst, his name always comes up because there seems to be conflict with Aaron Rodgers. Well, since Brian Gutekunst has been the GM of the Green Bay Packers, they've been in the NFC Championship game twice and won, and won 13 games last year. So he's doing something right. Brett Beach, they've won a, a Super Bowl championship. they played for another Super Bowl. They got to the AFC title game last year. He's doing something right. I'm just struggling to see with these top quarterbacks, you're letting their number one targets go, and I don't feel like there's a two, three, four that push up into that realm as we sit here right now. So I'm waiting to see what their next moves are. Yeah, I know Valdez Scantling signed with Kansas City. You've already heard where I feel about that. Great. Right. That doesn't to me that doesn't make Patrick Mahomes say, Hey honey, the honeymoon's over. I'm yeah. in great shape here. 
I think he came <laughs> yeah. back from his honeymoon and, and the smile left his face. Uh, no, no question. Uh, it turns out that Brian Gutegutz was at Penn State for Pro Day on Thursday. Uh, so, you know, so he took a long, hard look at the Penn State prospects, which, by the way, included Jahan Dotson. So I'll, gro- yeah. I'll group this in. We saw the impact Jamar Chase had last year going to Cincinnati. Now, offensive line, they know they have to rebuild that. Is that more the trend now in the NFL that I can go draft a Chris Olave or a Garrett Wilson or a Jahan Dotson or a long list of other guys, David Bell at Purdue? Is, yeah. Do you think that's part of the process now that I can get some of these talented guys on rookie contracts uh, that can then step in to do what you and I just talked about? Steve, I do think it is part of what teams are evaluating. But let's use Jamar Chase as an example because he was obviously, you know, a difference maker, right? Yes. Yep. Cincinnati, Cincinnati made that move with all of us sitting there saying, hey, Vinay uh, Sewell, Remember right. that quarterback you drafted the year before? He got hurt. You might want to go draft that left tackle for the future. But Cincinnati gambled on this. They said, hold on a second. You guys have forgotten. We drafted Jonah Williams from Alabama in the first round to be our left tackle. Yes, he's been hurt the first two years, but we feel like he can play there and we can load up at the receiver position and we'll be okay. And it paid off. Yeah, you can make that move if you feel like you're solid enough up front or you have a serviceable guy that you can make work. Now Cincinnati's going to have to continue to work out the offensive line because as well as Joe Burrow played, as smart as he played, where he took 11 sacks against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, nine of which counted, and never turned the ball over, You can't count on that happening week in and week out. You've got to shore things up. But that's why they went and got Jamar Chase. So if you ask yourself, hey, can I I go get that receiver instead of the offensive lineman? Well, you better make sure you have a guy in place that you feel like is at least serviceable and allows that guy on the outside to make plays like Chase did, which elevated T. Higgins' play, which while Tyler Boyd's numbers went down, he was still extremely, extremely dangerous and was on the cusp of the 1,000 yards. And Steve, his only drop of the year, unfortunately, happened in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's oh, what allowed Cincinnati to do what they did. It was Jonah Williams being there. I know. No, exactly. And you, and you, and you had to – how difficult do you feel it is to build a team in this era between contracts – free agency and draft. Is it more difficult today than ever or less? I think it's more difficult because you're 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 not building with longer terms in mind, right? Look, there's no coach getting a five year contract and a five year plan. When's the last time you and I went to a press conference? The coach <laughs> said, you know, you have a five year plan for success. <laughs> okay. Any coach no. that rolls out there and says they have a five year plan, they will be fired before the press conference is over. No one wants to hear it. You don't have time for it. So I think it is tougher in this day, in this era. But everyone has to plan for the idea of, do I have certain pieces in place that I have on young contracts that can go out and get the pieces around them and go right now? Cincinnati did it with Burrow on his first contract, right? Um, Go ahead and just look across the board about the teams that are building. When you have that young quarterback who's playing well, Justin Herbert, the Chargers, they're going to go out and build around him on that contract. That's a big deal. But you know that once that, that the Piper comes calling it, by year five, 
<laughs> things change. They change dramatically, and everyone can't get paid. So, yeah, you better have that plan in place, and you got to go right now. Part of this is the Russell Wilson part of it. When he went to Seattle as a third-round pick, Seattle was able to get away with paying him third-round money, which allowed them to craft a Super Bowl team. The Eagles right now are paying Jalen Hurts second-round money, and it appears he's the guy they're committed to. How important is it for Philadelphia to take advantage of the Jalen Hurts window uh, because they're only paying him, quote, second-round money in the early years of his contract? Well, it's huge, and I think the contrast deep can be seen in their division because Dallas had that same opportunity with Dak Prescott on a fourth-round contract. Right. But now, but now they've had to pay him. So we've already seen the ramifications, haven't we? Tank Lawrence, we thought they were going to lose. They ended up keeping him. They thought they were going to keep Randy Gregory because they were the team that stuck by him. And guess who just left for Denver? Randy Gregory. So that's that's where things start to change for you. When Once that quarterback has to get paid, and Kansas City paid Patrick Mahomes a monster amount of money on a very team-friendly contract, which allowed them to still plug some gaps and put people in. But even now, you're looking at Kansas City and you're saying to yourself, it's not quite the same because they're still having to go out and plug some gaps. Where are the, how would we say it, the stalwarts, that you have under contract for multiple years, right? Frank Clark's right. probably going to be gone. So is Melvin Ingram the full-time guy, or do you have to go get someone else? You see where I'm going with that. So, yeah, yeah I think it's huge for Philadelphia, and they got to the playoffs last year in a year that no one expected them to get there. Now, can they take the next step in advance? They got Fletcher Cox back on a more team-friendly contract and up in years. That tells me that he likes where they're going, which is a good thing. All right, so here comes the tough one now. Uh, what? How fine a line do the Cleveland Browns have to operate with the Deshaun Watson situation? I mean, you and I don't have to get into what's what. You know, I think everybody yeah. knows what's happened, but I'm talking about the organization and the line they have to walk with this. What is that, in your opinion, Steve? I used to be a lot more pessimistic about those lines because. You know, people, human nature, society, there were certain things we just could not do, right? Right. There were certain things that people didn't stand for. But when it comes to pro sports, if Deshaun Watson gets to game one and throws three or four touchdown passes that first week, now, I don't know if he'll play the first week. We still got to wait for commissioner suspension. But I'm just talking about when he hits the lineup and plays, all this chatter, I think – I'm not going to say goes away, but it, it recedes. It goes into the background as long as he plays well. Now, if he plays poorly, then the organization takes a double elbow drop from the top rope because everybody now gets to pile on. But we've seen guys go through stuff before. Ray Lewis went through all of his trials and tribulations. There's a statue of Ray Lewis outside that stadium right now. Yep, that's right. Mike Vick came back and everybody said, oh, we're going to boycott like crazy. You know, he's comeback player of the year, starting quarterback, and then last I checked, he was getting cheered as he ran on and off the field. So I'm not about to – I'm not saying that people don't care. That's not the point. People do care. But I'm telling you, once guys start playing, it changes it. You, that, that's when it goes to, I hate what he did, but I love my team more. <laughs> and that's what it right, comes yeah, down to. Right. Well, and no, that's, you and to I, me, that's where I, the lines are, Steve. That's where we are. 
and and I hope I don't sound like you know I, I, I'm I'm not condoning by any stretch. I also understand how the game is played, and we don't have criminal charges. That league is not going to deal with that part of it. He'll get a suspension, believe me. How long? Yeah. Won't be as long as people suspect now that there are no criminal charges. Look, in the hometown, if he goes out and throws four touchdowns and the next week throws three and the next week throws four and they win all three games. We're done, we're done they, here. They're, they're gonna, they're, that's it, okay? If he throws we're four done. interceptions and three interceptions and four, now <laughs> he now you know, we got a problem got, on our hands. Yeah, it's all performance. It's all performance. Yep, it, yep. It, it is performance and absence of anything else occurring. Okay, right. like Tyree Kill when he went to Kansas City, that was a major controversy about what it what he brought with him out of college. Haven't heard much about it, right? His performance right. trumped it, and then he had another issue recently. He got through that. Again, performance is huge. If we get to criminal, that's a whole other ball game, Steve. And criminal's a whole other deal. Everyone has to deal with that. But you're talking right. about conduct. If it doesn't rise to that effect and we're not doing time or whatever, it's right back to what you said. How do you do on Sunday? And then we take right. it from there. My friend, thank you so much for your time today. Greatly appreciate your perspective and insight. I appreciate you having me on, as always. My best to Tom and Julie. You stay safe, and uh, well, we'll check in down the road, I'm sure. Sounds great, Charles. Thank you. Thank you, sir.